What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. We're here from the Fantasy Alarm family uh, here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Adam, uh, here we are recording Sunday night as we watch the Saints completely annihilate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as putting a capper on our Week 9 Sunday. How, how was your Sunday, Adam? Uh, like always, you know, when we play in so many leagues, it's up and down. Uh some of our wager picks were pretty good. We, I remember on Friday on the live stream, you're like, so who do you like between the Saints and the Bucks?" And I'm like, oh, I love the Saints this week. You're like, me too. I feel like no one else does. I'm like, yeah, I'm all in on the Saints. You know, on Alarm After Hours, we on Thursday nights, we do an underdog segment where we have to pick a spread of uh, at least an underdog of at least three. And I've been every week for the last six weeks outside of last week, I've been taking the Sunday night underdog. I not just because a trend. I just love those teams in that spot. And uh, tonight it was the Saints, and you know I didn't expect them to completely annihilate Tampa Bay. I mean it wasn't even close. Uh, but I think the Saints are a lot better than they have played this year, and a lot of it has been Michael Thomas has been out. Uh, they've had injuries. Cook missed some time. Sanders had missed time due to COVID. But surprisingly, their defense has not been that great this year. But boy, they came to play tonight because Tampa Bay's offense looked completely disoriented. Tampa Bay looked like they had no clue what was going on. The defense also. I mean, if you sit there and you and you watch this uh this game, I mean, Drew Brees uh just, you know, really quick short passing game, uh just tearing up the uh the the defense for uh for Tampa Bay. Uh they just they couldn't get enough of a pass rush in there. By the time that he was uh, already releasing the ball, and I mean that just that kind of a high, you know, fast pace just really took him off guard. I think so. Great stuff there. Great, great stuff there. Um, from a fantasy perspective, uh, I mean, from a betting perspective, you and I do great. We uh, this is fantastic. From a fantasy standpoint, I mean, Drew Brees throwing four touchdowns. Uh, Kamara gets into the box. He doesn't get a, a great. Uh, doesn't get a great stat line, nine carries for 40 yards. Uh, and did he just, he caught five passes for nine yards. So tack on another five points in a PPR format. Uh, rock solid there. The receivers, pretty quiet. You know, Manny Sanders got into the uh, into the end zone there. Uh, they went to Adam Troutman, the backup tight end, Traquan Smith, Josh Hill. Um, and so, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, if you invested in Saints, you were loving life. If you invested in the Bucks, man, was this bad. Yeah, for the Saints, by the way, 12 different players caught a pass, at least one pass. So that sucks for fantasy. Uh, but yeah, oh my goodness, man. I mean, Brady, brutal. Uh, run, dude, they ran the ball. Oh, they ran the ball four times, bro. I know. Four times. <laughs> Holy crap. They did. Damn, they they didn't run a lot. Of, I mean, the Saints just had the ball most of the way. I mean, this was embarrassing. Uh, Antonio Brown making his debut, three for thirty-one. Godwin played three for forty-one. Yeah, this this is just one of those games that you just completely x out. Uh, Gronk had one catch, and this is the thing with the NFL. You got to remember because now everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, Tampa's a fluke." It, it's just one of these games because last week I think what happened when people were looking at this game, they're like, "Oh, Tampa's getting Antonio Brown. Their defense has been so good." And they looked at the Saints. Oh, the Saints struggled to beat the Bears in overtime last week. 
things change in the NFL so quickly. It's really week to week. And I think that's where people kind of lose uh, not only fantasy, but especially sports betting, man. They just like, oh, well, this team beat this team last week and this team looked terrible. Oh, yeah, they're going to crush them. It doesn't work like that. You know, you really got to look at things a little bit differently. And again, Sunday night pregame show. They lined it up for the picks. They all took Tampa Bay. I knew immediately <laughs> we were good. I knew immediately. I'm like, all right, we're good. Unbelievable. Yeah, listen, that was that was great. Listen, we talked about it on Friday's show on the on the live stream. You guys can go back and watch that. Um and uh and it was uh it was good to go. It was good to go. Yeah, listen, I think it's it's definitely you know, football is all about matchups. It's one of those things where, you know, I talk about this all the time. People who sit there and quote year-to-year data, okay, without taking into account new coaching schemes, new personnel, uh, you know, anything like that, uh, makes zero sense. Like, don't tell me what a running back did last year while he was playing for, you know, Jacksonville, just as an example, just Jacksonville with no offensive line. Uh, and then uh, and then that same running back goes and he and he, you know, he's in Gary Kubiak's system in Minnesota. Right. Like all of a sudden it's like it changes so quickly um, that I think that that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I do think a lot of people kind of fall into that trap. You know, baseball is something that can go. Year year over year data, and you can see what it is because it's it's batter versus pitcher, right? But football, it's it's team, it's schemes, it's you know game script, things like that. And I think a lot of people miss. Yeah, and also there's going to be some times where something completely goes in a surprising way that no one foresaw coming, and that's going to happen. We're not sitting here saying, "Oh, we're going to predict every game," right? No one does, you know. We're going to have strong feelings about certain calls that are going to work out. And there are going to be certain games where uh, we just didn't see it coming at all. It just happens. It's it's part of uh, football. Yeah, that is definitely part of football. All right. So Saints up right now. It's two minutes left in the fourth quarter uh, while we're talking here. So it's 38 to three. This game is uh, is over. Starters are all out of the game anyway. Uh, so what Adam and I are going to do, we're going to highlight some of the uh, the fun stuff. Uh, from around the NFL looking through these games. Uh, before we do that, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the FS site you need to be playing on, and here's why. <laughs> do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. MonkeyKnifeFight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up. And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play 
Play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, Adam, let's get down and dirty with it. And let's uh, let's cover all the action. Now, you and I, the only two on the Saints, uh, at least uh, people who I spoke with. And, and that's fine. That's great. Uh, we also discussed another game on Friday. Uh, and you actually presented a really nice case for for why you liked it. I bought into it. I looked into the matchup a little deeper, uh, really bought all into it, made it one of my picks in the Westgate Super Contest this week. Buffalo Bills plus three over the Seattle Seahawks. Dude, this was, uh, I mean, this was crazy. Buffalo, just like New Orleans here tonight, jumps out to a uh, a big lead. It takes a while for Seattle to get themselves going. And by that point, their defense was just so spent. They just could not contain the Bills any, you know, throughout the uh, end of the game. And Buffalo wins at 44-34. But, dude, th- you want to talk about fantasy points bonanza all over the place here. Yeah, I just thought Buffalo was going to win this game. You know, it's Seattle traveling to the East Coast for an early game. And, when I saw that line at first, it was three. I'm like, whoa. And almost everyone was on Seattle. And, you know, Seattle's good, but they have real big problems with their defense. And we hadn't seen Josh Allen play well in a while. And I thought this was a game that would get him going. You know, th- that's the other thing is people looked at the Bills and like, oh, yeah, they struggled to beat the Patriots. They really struggled to beat the Jets. Remember, that was an 18-10 game. They had lost to the Chiefs and Titans in two games before. So I kind of just felt like this is going to be a big Josh Allen game. Uh, The Seahawks defense has just been brutal. And, you know, give credit to the Bills coaching staff. They said, you know what? We're not going to run the ball at all. We're just going to pass. It worked. I mean, take advantage of the weakness in the defense. And even Pete Carroll after the game said, yeah, I was surprised that they didn't run like that much. We were prepared for the run. Like, well, didn't you realize they weren't going to run it? Didn't you adjust at some point? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, Josh Allen came through huge game, 415 passing yards and three touchdowns and, uh, the touchdowns weren't what we wanted. Gabriel Davis, I Isaiah know, McKenzie, right? Tyler so Croft. Yeah. I mean, John <laughs> Brown had a big game, eight for 99. Diggs came through if you used him too. So, um, but yeah, they didn't run the ball. I mean, if you had Zach Moss, you got fortunate he did score a touchdown, but uh, they couldn't run the ball at all. But Seattle's weakness is against the pass. And, you know, I, I think you have to, uh, I, I think not enough coaching staffs do that. You know, sometimes, hey, there's a major weakness. Let's just keep exploiting it. We don't need balance. We don't need to run. You know, the Kansas City has done that a few times this year. New England used to do it a lot. I mean, New England would be like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to run the ball on this team. All right, Brady's going to chuck it all day. And that's what you need to do. Yeah, that's exactly what you need to do. And, you know, it's it's so funny. Like, that's the thing is that, you know, when we sit there and we do our analysis and we break it down, we've been talking about how bad Seattle's secondary has been. Like, if you're Pete Carroll, why wouldn't you just assume that teams were going to come at you where you're weakest? Like, I don't that, you know, I mean, are you are you overthinking it? Well, they're they're naturally going to think that, you know, they, they should pass it against us. So they're probably going to run, try to fake us out a little bit, establish some play action or something. No, nope, they just went right to it, right to it. So. Um, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, it was a, uh, again, a DK Metcalf week, not a Tyler Lockett week. And, uh, and that, that was, that was a bit of a bummer there. That big, long touchdown pass to David Moore 
I was praying that that was going to Tyler Lockett. It did not. DJ Dallas, um, an okay play. You know, not, nothing spectacular about his, his day. He did get into the end zone, which kind of helped out. Paid off some value there for DFS purposes. But uh, overall, I think the big story here is just the Bills, dude. 44 points, ringing them up. Uh, this team is... Uh, Seven and two right now, four and one at home. They have uh, they have really come to play. Yeah, no, this was a big win for them, no question about it. Uh, I think they kind of needed it, and Josh Allen needed to play well after a couple of down weeks, and uh, they're in good shape, uh, obviously for the postseason there in the AFC East. No doubt. All right, Baltimore Ravens, Indianapolis Colts. Ravens win this one, twenty-four to ten. And yet they did it in spite of the fact that their offense just looked like absolute crap. Lamar Jackson, dude, 170 yards. Uh, he rushed for 58 and got a, a touchdown in there that kind of helped some of his value. But, dude, what's wrong with the Ravens offense? Uh, they can't pass the ball at all. And I think teams know it right now. And they're forcing Lamar to make plays in the pocket. And he's not doing it, man. It's just it's not happening at all. And. It's frustrating if you have Mark Andrews to Hollywood Brown. Uh, you know, we thought, all right, Brown complained last week, had the tweet, he's going to get fed this week. Nope. And it, it's tough. Uh, I have him in many leagues, and it's like, all right, do I have to start benching him? I mean, they play New England next week. Uh, New England's defense is not what it once was. Gilmore is out Monday night, so we'll see if he's back. But it's really tough at this point. I mean, then they get the Titans, the Steelers. I mean, they have a nice stretch, though. Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, the Giants uh, for the playoffs and the Bengals. So everybody talks about Lamar's, you know, fantasy playoff uh, schedule and how soft it is. doesn't matter how soft it is if the dude can't throw. Well, the thing is, they, they have beat up on bad teams. Uh, the Colts defense is pretty good. Last week, the Steelers defense is pretty good, although they just ran it down their throats. So. You know, we've seen them have good games against bad defenses or beat. They beat teams up. You know, they beat Cleveland 38 to six this year. They beat up on uh, the Bengals 27 to three. But yeah, he's just not playing well at all. And we all knew that he was overdrafted. Uh, I had Mahomes ranked one going into the year and Lamar two. Uh, but there was no way I was paying an early round price. And again, if you did learn your lesson, we say it every year, you have that historical season. It doesn't repeat, but this is even worse than I thought. I mean, he's I think he's barely a QB. He's probably barely a QB one right now. Yeah, which is amazing. Amazing. This second round pick is uh, is such a huge, huge bust right now. Still time to fix the uh, fix what's broke. But I mean, Greg Roman's got a lot of work to do with Lamar. A lot of work to do with him um, on the other side of that game. Colts. Nothing exciting out of the uh, out of the Colts. And, uh, you know, what's worse is did we get any kind of real clarity here to the backfield? Jordan Wilkins, 11 carries to Jonathan Taylor's six carries. It was Taylor who got the goal line work. But, uh, you know, what, what do you do with this backfield? Well, Taylor was getting all the run early. He had the touchdown and he fumbled. And I don't know how many touches he had after the fumble, but he lost the fumble and I don't know if we saw him much after that. So that was a problem um, because he was looking good early. And then they kind of went to Wilkins. Yeah, this is an it's crazy. Like this is an offense. And we spoke about it when we were going over the games on Friday. Didn't want any part of it. Like, who do you want on this offense right now? There's no one. 
Nobody. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I, I, I had the running backs ranked, obviously. I don't, I think I might have had Marcus Johnson ranked like 49th. I didn't rank anyone else. Doesn't surprise me. Does not. And the tight ends me. now, like just when you thought Burton was evolving, you know, Mo Alley Cax is back. He had three targets. Doyle got concussed. I don't think he returned, if I'm not mistaken. I saw him take a big hit. He had two targets, no receptions. But yeah, this is just an offense where you really don't want a part of it. And if they're going to screw around and play these three running backs, it's really tough. I mean, I have to rank the running back somewhere in the 24 to 36 range, one of them or two of them, but you don't feel confident starting them now. No, not at all. Uh, not a bit. All right, let's move over. Houston, Jacksonville. Uh, this was exciting. Jake Luton uh, makes his debut, throws for 300 yards, a touchdown, an interception. He runs one in. Um, you know, Jags did their best to hang with the Texans. They couldn't get it done. Uh, 99 yards and a touchdown out of James Robinson. DJ Chark, uh, you got to love when you start off a game with like a 72-yard, 73-yard uh, touchdown catch to open the game for uh, for them. So nice stuff there. Uh, on the other side with Houston, stable, solid from Deshaun Watson. Uh, Fuller and Cooks both had good days. Uh, David Johnson with the concussion, that was a huge bummer because Duke Johnson sucks at football. Yeah, he scored the touchdown. I'm sure no one played him this week, though. He scored a touchdown, caught four passes for 32 yards. So uh, we'll see if David Johnson's able to clear the concussion protocol. Otherwise, you know, Duke Johnson could be in for some decent volume next week, and they play at Cleveland. Which is actually a pretty good run defense, usually. Usually. We'll have to yeah. see. Um, thoughts on Luton? Is this a kid that... Uh... That deserves a streaming opportunity. Uh, I'd say more super flex, two quarterback leagues. I, you know, he had the the big play early, then kind of was mediocre, and then had the 13 yard touchdown run late. So I think the good thing that you saw out of him is he got the ball to DJ Chark. Chark was the one who was kind of visibly upset with Gardner Minshew. You could see it. The body language was poor. He even had some of those comments uh, where he was kind of insinuating. Uh, that he wasn't happy with Minshew, and he comes out, gets 12 targets. So that's what you want to see. And LaVisca Chanel hurt his hamstring in, uh, hamstring in this one. That's why he only had one target. All right. Uh, if uh, if there was a game out there, Adam, that you were like, man, I, I hope to see really bad offense. Uh, how about talking about Chicago against Tennessee? Because, <laughs> dude... <laughs> Like anybody who sat there and, and looks at just the box score and sees Nick Foles three thirty five for two touchdowns and no no turnovers, I just in no way, shape, or form like was that reflective of just how bad this Chicago Bears offense was. I mean, they were scoreless for three quarters, and I tell you this: if Mitch Trubisky if Mitch Trubisky was healthy, I think he would have started the second half. Yeah, probably. Foles was that bad. Probably. Probably. I mean, they couldn't. And I don't understand why. Why the fuck do they wait until the third quarter to get the ball to Allen Robinson <laughs> every week, bro? It, it annoys the shit out of me, man. I don't get it. He's like one of the best receivers in the NFL, and he's ignored for like two and a half quarters. And it's like, oh, wait, we're down 14 now? Yeah, let's throw to Allen Robinson. 
Yeah, listen, they tried running the ball and they just they were so ineffective with it that I just uh, it was it was unbelievable how uh, it was just the, the the play calling was just so it was so vanilla like and it was predictable and and the Titans whose you know defense really not that strong at least in the uh, in the secondary um, and they don't have a pass rush either. Yeah, they don't have a pass rush so they didn't put much pressure on them. So I mean to sit there and look at what the uh, what the Bears did was just ugh. But I mean on the other side here also the Titans, I mean Tannehill one fifty eight and two touchdowns. I mean one hundred fifty eight yards there. Derrick Henry didn't get into the end zone, only racked up sixty eight yards. Uh, AJ Brown and John and welcome back Johnu Smith. Um, yeah, two passes that he caught in the fourth quarter on back-to-back plays. So <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but look, this is what's going to happen. There's certain teams. Minnesota's another one. I mean, if Tennessee has a lead like this, they're just going to run the football with Derrick Henry. They're just not going to – and we've been fortunate this year. Tannehill's been efficient, and their defense is not as good, so he's had some games where he's put up numbers. But you know, this is what Tennessee's going to do when they have a lead. They're just going to sit, run the football. And, you know, this was one of those unfortunate days. Uh, Tannehill completed 10 passes. So you're just not going to get much. And you're fortunate that A.J. Brown is just such a beast, man. So good after the catch and uh, scored again. Uh, nine targets, four for 101 and a touchdown. I mean, he's the one reliable piece of the offense. Yeah, he really is. He really is. I, was, I mean, you know, it's a tough uh, – it's it's a good but not a great run defense for uh, for the Bears. Uh, but you know what? I mean, it doesn't get any easier for Henry uh, next couple of games. Colts, Ravens, then Colts again, then the Browns. That's uh, that, Those are four respectable uh, run defenses going up against him. That's going to be. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's Derek Henry. You're starting him. I mean, DFS. Oh, of course you're story. starting him. Yeah. yeah. You, just can't, you can't expect uh, the 200 yards and two touchdowns a game. Yeah. Just give me get in the end zone and give me 70, 80 yards. I'll be happy. Well, he did not deliver for that this week. Uh, looking over here, Carolina really tried to hang with the uh, with the Chiefs in this one. Welcome back, Christian McCaffrey, huh? Uh, 69 yards on the ground with a touchdown. Eight, 10 catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. Like immediately paying off the value uh, right from the word go. But I think what we what we all learned here. Uh, is that Matt Rule saying that there's going to be a rotation of carries? Uh, he a liar. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> of course. I mean, Mike Davis was in there a little bit, but not much. I mean, he had five receptions, 34 yards. I think McCaffrey might have hurt his ribs at the end of the game. They were looking at him on the sideline. He was kind of in and out. That's why Davis caught some passes in the final drive, but didn't see anything after that. But yeah, McCaffrey, just such a weapon, man. Ten targets, caught all ten, and uh it sucks because I don't have them anywhere. I didn't have the number one pick this year. So, you know, if you were fortunate to have McCaffrey and stayed in the hunt and you were in playoff contention, it's like you just got like a huge gift, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, getting that back, getting that. Listen, that's why in a, in a couple of leagues where, you know, my, my teams are, you know, right there on the cusp of the, of the playoffs, like, you know, last spot or two. And I get Nick Chubb back everywhere next week. Like, yeah, I kind of yeah. wanted to trade for him. Like, I, I mean, it's too late now. Like, you needed to do it like last week or the week before, but because uh, they have a nice schedule, Chubb would have been a nice piece to acquire. And I, I've talked about this numerous times. What you needed to do if you were like a five and one, you know, six and two team, you know, especially if the Chubb team was like three and four, three and five, like those weeks, 
and you know, if you didn't do it this year, learn for next year, that's when you try and acquire them because those teams have to look week to week. And it's like, well, I can't really wait for week 10 for Nick Chubb. I might be out of it. And if you're a team that's doing well, that's when you acquire those type of players. Yeah. Well, people are so afraid to like, if they're six and, you know, they're six and two and they're like, oh, I'm looking at that first round by and, uh, and, and they don't think about the big picture of building the team up. Uh, and if that means that you take a loss because you've traded a, a player or two that, you know, kind of hurts your, your immediate front line, well, so be it. Cause you're going to end up with like a, a McCaffrey or a Nick Chubb coming back for you, uh, which is just, I mean, more than worth its weight in gold. So McCaffrey comes back. How about this on Carolina? Um, are we done with DJ Moore? Three targets today, two catches, 18 yards. Uh, Robbie Anderson saw 13 targets. McCaffrey, obviously, his 10. But the bell of the ball, Curtis Samuel, another big game for him. Nine nine targets, nine catches, 105 yards and a touchdown. Uh, oh, and he ran the ball three times for 13 yards, too. Like, is he now, is he the, uh, the, the new man? Uh, is it feels like it. I mean, he's been more involved. I don't know if we want to give up on more completely, but because if you look at his numbers for the year, they're not bad. It's just that when we're comparing him to Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson's getting more targets and has been more consistent. And we've seen Samuel just, I mean, you know, we've seen Samuel kind of mixed in, eased in, uh, but he had a huge workload this week. I mean, I think this has to be, Definitely, yeah. Season high in targets, season high in receptions, yards. Um, and it's what I think the third straight week. No, yeah, third straight week he scored at least one touchdown. There you go. Curtis Samuel. Pay attention. Uh on the Chiefs side, oh, you know, ho hum. 372 yards and four touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. Um, they did not run the ball. Like, I mean, that was the funny thing, is like Coming into this game, everybody's like, how do you beat the Panthers? You run on the Panthers. What do you do? You run on them. That's all you do. Uh, they they ran the ball 12 times. Crazy, bro. Two of those were scrambles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, it's hard to blame them when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Like, eh, I'd rather have the ball in his hands anyway. So uh, it sucked if you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, he did find the end zone uh, on a reception, so uh, it wasn't an awful day. He still got you 12 in a PBR, uh, but you were probably looking for a bigger day. And, uh, I mean, is there a bigger gap between any player at his position than Travis Kelsey in the next tight end right now? Oh, dude. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, he was 7,000. So he's like 7,200 on DraftKings. I think the next priciest tight end was Waller at 58. Yeah, it's I mean, and he just gets it done every single week. I have him in two leagues and it's just so much fun. They are on by next week, though. So that's going to make it a little rough for those that have Kelsey. But uh, another huge game for him. 10 for 159 and Tyreek Hill with two touchdowns. Tyreek. Unreal. 18 targets, bro. This this team. I mean, it's just so. It's amazing how bad they can look sometimes and yet just turn it around on a dime. Yeah, Yeah, Mahomes, man. That's why. I mean, I still – they might not win the Super Bowl this year, but right now to me they still feel like the best team in the NFL. Um, If if you asked me, I mean, would you agree? I would. Yeah. I I mean, can they be beaten? Absolutely. I mean, look, they almost lost today. 
They should have lost to the Chargers early this year, but the Chargers, you know, they just find a way to lose games, which we'll get to again. Uh, common theme, just uh, repeat what we said every <laughs> single week this year. Uh, you know, and the Chiefs lost to the Raiders, I believe. Do they play them coming out of the bye? I know they have a bye week. Yeah, they do. They have the Raiders uh, on the 22nd. Uh, and that's uh looks like a Sunday night game because 820 on NBC. Or could it be a Thursday? No, 22nd is a Sunday. So, yeah, they play. They have a bye, and they come back and face the Raiders, who they will look for revenge on, because uh, that's their only loss of the year. And they still put up 32 in that game. Yeah, that should be a fun one. That should definitely be a fun one. Um, all right, moving over, Giants against the Washington football team. Uh, another close one here. The Giants end up coming away with the win. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I didn't really tune into this game all that much. I saw the Kyle Allen injury and I was like, yeah, that was bad. That was like, that was like Dak, you know, it was like all of a sudden his toes were pointing towards three o'clock. Yeah. I just hate seeing that man. It's just terrible. It was awful. It was awful. And again, then to see Alex Smith, knowing what he went through, come in and relief for Kyle Allen. I just wanted to vomit again because every time Alex Smith, you know, somebody touches Alex Smith, I'm afraid he's going to break. I, you know, I give that guy so much credit. I can't believe he's came back and played uh, after watching that documentary on ESPN. I mean, I give him a ton of credit. Uh, you know, I always like to think that, uh, you know, never quit, keep going. But with all the money he had and everything, what he went through, I mean, I give him a ton of credit just for being out on the football field. Uh, it's an amazing story. It definitely is. It definitely is. He threw for 325 yards today, one touchdown. Three interceptions. They ran the ball nine times. Antonio yeah, they were once once they were down twenty to three. Yeah. You know they were going to pass a ton. There you go. So Terry McLaurin racks up uh, one hundred and fifteen yards and a touchdown. Cam Sims, uh, the other Sims, three three catches for one hundred and ten yards. McKissick got his fourteen targets, nine catches. Gee. Yeah, I mean, Alex Smith loves to check down, and with them traveling, McKissick was playing a lot. So, uh, yeah, PPR machine there. I mean, 14 targets for your running back to lead a team. This is not Kamara or McCaffrey. It's McKissick. So, uh, yeah, so that, you know, if you played Antonio Gibson, at least he scored a touchdown and did get three for 35. But when they're playing from behind, it's going to be a lot of McKissick. And Alex Smith loves to dump off. There you go. Something to think about when we're talking waivers later on the week. Uh, on the Giants side, nothing overwhelming from Daniel Jones. Wayne Gallman got into the end zone. He was the primary ball carrier. <laughs> Alfred Morris. The, the revenge game for Alfred Morris was not in effect uh, for tonight. Nine carries, 67 yards. Uh, who the hell is Austin Mack? Yeah, Golden Tate was inactive. So Mac got some playing opportunities, but I wouldn't look too much into this. You know, we'll see if Tate's back, but Ingram has been getting more receptions, targets. Uh, Finally 10, got into the end zone. Finally. Yeah. He's actually, the last three games have been not that bad. And, you know, he was pretty cheap in DFS. Uh, I never, you never feel good about it. Uh, I saw this stat, which is amazing, bro. Daniel Jones in his career is 4-0 against Washington. He has one win against everyone else. <laughs> I mean, I know last year was his first year, but still, like, really? 4-0 against Washington? You only beat one other team? It's crazy. <laughs> oh, Washington. So bad. 
So, so bad. Like, are Giants fans happy that they won? I would think no, right? Like, why would you want to win this game? Or do you um, think because you play the Eagles next week and you beat them and you're in the hunt for the division? in the hunt for the division right there, right? I mean... Like, my, I know my friend texted me today, oh, sorry about that. That was a tough loss. They bit bad call on the roughing the passer. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I want Dallas to lose, bro. What's the point of winning this division? Just keep losing and get a good draft pick. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, so Philly was off this week. Giants... Uh, like Philly next week, win. so Giants win. Oh, the Giants, look at this schedule. Giant, they play the Eagles and the. I don't think the Bengals are bad though. I don't. I don't see the Giants going into Cincinnati and winning. I think the Giants have been, you know, pretty good defensively and they've been competitive. That's the thing. If you're, if you really are a Giants fan and you wanted them to win, I mean, they've had some brutal losses this year. I mean, the Cowboy game was a tough loss. Uh, the Eagles, they had the what a 13 point lead late. They should have won. They were beating the Bucks. So you could easily flip it, and the Giants could be in first place in the NFC East. But, you know, when you lose games, uh, you're a bad team for a reason. <laughs> All right, let's move off of the Giants. They are. They're terrible. They're awful. Um, speaking of terrible, speaking of awful, uh, the Detroit Lions did not come to play today. Um, I don't know if it's because Matthew Stafford didn't practice at all this week, but he didn't look good. The offensive line didn't look good. Um, there was just there was really not a lot to like about the the Lions uh, in this game. Minnesota, meanwhile, hello Dalvin Cook. Like, I mean, really, Dalvin, so good, so good. Yeah, I got him on three teams. Those are. Uh, fun teams to have him on and uh, a beast. Two, so fun. 206 rushing yards and two touchdowns, two catches for 46. I mean, just oh. tore, tore up Detroit. Oh, my God. It was, it's just, it, it really is. You know, it is so funny, too, because, you know, I was building some lineups and, and just kind of playing around on, I think it was Friday. And uh, and I sent one to, to John and Pemba, and it looks and he's like, doesn't it feel dirty to not have Dalvin Cook in that lineup? And I thought about it, and I was like, no, I don't really feel dirty. It's just, all right, I'm going to put Dalvin Cook in this lineup now and just sort the whole thing out. Um, he is uh, he is a, a security blanket for fantasy owners. Uh, enjoy it. Love it. Don't, don't trade him. If somebody comes looking for him, don't. Don't do it. There's only one. I'm not going to say it. There's only one worry with him, but we'll leave it at that. What What's the worry that you handcuffed him to Alex Madison? Yeah, I did, you know, but Madison, it's not the same. It's yeah. just not. We've seen it already. He's not the same player. No, he's definitely not the same player. But if he gets consistency and it's not just the sporadic work that he's getting, I think he can find his way into a groove. I do. But I mean, again, I think it's, you know, it's it's a lot about, you know, learning and learning and, and thriving in this system. Dalvin's just I mean, listen, he's just super talented. He's just a very talented runner, um, great pass catcher, good vision on the, you know, like good field vision. You know, when you see him like, you know, running down the field and he's directing traffic like I mean, that's just, you know, that's that's otherworldly. But. Stop with the whole he gets hurt stuff. I don't want to hear it. 
I don't hear. I just I said that's the I I didn't even say it. You said it. I said there's one worry about him, but I won't say it. That's right. it. Well, just because when you say I'm not going to say it, you're basically saying it, Adam. Well, no, it's open to interpretation. But, but see, hopefully those of us the people listening you. are savvy. Well, we know and they you, understand Adam. what I'm saying without saying it, so I don't put that bad juju into the environment. Dude, you already are. You might as well just did, walk into a theater it. and scream you, Macbeth. No, you uttered the words. I didn't. I just left it for the imagination. People knew what I was talking about, so this way the thought goes inside your brain and quickly out of you your medulla really oblongata. You must be really fun at no hitters. You'd be like, oh, man. That's you not, know, I don't, you know I don't what this guy's I, doing, right? I'm not going to say what he's doing, but you I, know no, what he's doing. I don't. I don't care about that because I don't buy into that. I'll tweet it out. I'll be like, this Jacob DeGrom throwing a no-hitter through seven innings. And then he'll give up a hit. So I'm like, oh, you jinxed it. Yeah, I have so much freaking power in the world. Yeah, I wish. Then I would put out the lotto numbers, get it, and have my own island. So, no, I don't have that much power. I don't believe in that no no hitter crap. <laughs> well, then you don't believe in that. Then you shouldn't believe in the fact that saying that Dalvin Cook gets hurt without. You said it again, man. All right, let's move off this, bro. Let's move <laughs> off this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Denver, Atlanta. Hello, Drew Locke. It took you a while to get going, but you finally did. Drew Locke is Mr. Fourth Quarter, Adam. This is uh two weeks in a row where he uh where he rallies the team back. Comes up a little short this time around. Um uh, little too much uh too much scoring from Atlanta. Uh, of course, it was uh, Zacchaeus who was the big winner on the uh, the receivers. Julio did get into the end zone, which was nice, but overall, I wasn't. You know, I I had a share of Julio Jones in a in a DFS lineup, but I really I wasn't buying into the Falcons in this one too much. But for the same token, I also wasn't like. I mean, I was really into Jerry Judy this week, but. For some reason, I just I was really hesitant about using like that Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant stack that everybody was uh, all in on. I used something similar in, in one lineup where I used that and with KJ Hamler, uh, which was better. But I got to tell you, man, I did not feel good about this for three quarters. Oh, no. I mean, they had six points. Locke looked awful, like the same as last week. He was terrible in the first half and then. You know, you're playing catch up and they put up 21 points in the fourth quarter and helps to play Atlanta, which light loves to blow leads. They didn't blow this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you got it. You escaped the fuse lock this week. I had to stream them in two leagues, one with Burrow on by the other league was either lock or cousins. And I kind of went back and forth and ultimately decided on lock. And as I'm watching cousins throw some touchdowns and lock doing shit, I'm like, oh, that was terrible. But as you know, and we say to people, the game is four quarters. Don't. Think, oh, look at what's happened. Let the game finish. And if it finished and you use lock, you're happy. You also rush for a touchdown as well. He did rush for that touchdown as well. I listen, I streamed a bit in uh in one league in uh my jam on fantasy football league. And as soon as he rushed in for that one, uh the guy was playing really, really uh derisive in his text. Not not a very nice uh not a very nice message that I got, but Drew Locke, uh Definitely delivered there, but I mean, Debbie, do, you, do you look at this and say, well, it's just Atlanta or do you look at this and say, because I mean, what was it was the Chargers last week and we know what happens with the Chargers. So it's Chargers last week and now it's Atlanta this week. Um, 
if you look at the uh, the schedule for Denver, um, are you in on them against the Raiders? Are you in on them against the Dolphins? Uh, the Raiders probably. Again, it is a divisional game on the road. Sometimes crazy things happen, but the Raiders' defense isn't that good. Probably not against the Dolphins. Dolphins' defense is pretty good, and they're playing well. So I, I'm still not sold on Locke yet. Uh, he's needed, again, playing from behind and second halves. Like, you got to do it in the first half at some point, and we haven't seen it. So next week, maybe. Uh, but it is week to week. We can sit there and go, no, against the Dolphins, and then injuries happen, and the Dolphins play terribly. But, yeah, I mean, you got the Dolphins and the Saints, and that's the thing, okay? The Saints. We would have talked about their defense going into the oh they're terrible they've been and then they just absolutely suffocate Tampa Bay. So where's the real Saints team? Is this the beginning of the turnaround where their defense comes to play? Uh, we'll start to find out next week. But uh, step in the right direction here. That's why you know we can look at the schedule and there are certain things we can say for sure. But there are still some teams we're just not clear on. Like we know the really bad defenses that we want to pick on, but there's some borderline ones. Maybe Miami is way better than we think. Yeah. Uh, Defensively. Defensively. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, they look, I know Murray put up numbers, but he does that against everyone, but uh, they, they shut down the running game. That they did. That they definitely did. Chase Edmonds did not look good. It just didn't have the, the, the running lanes and let's let, yeah, I mean, and let's, just, and, let's let's yeah. just go right into that game actually let's let's segue into it Miami Arizona because I was all in on Chase Edmonds dude got 25 carries See, um 70 yards here's the thing okay if I tell you before the game right Chase Edmonds is going to get that workload right I'm gonna say hey he's gonna have um 28 touches you're gonna play him right any running back with 28 touches uh you're gonna play them I didn't understand what they were doing because I watched a lot of this game and there were no running lanes. Miami did a really good job of shutting down a run. And I had tweeted out at one point. I'm like, why aren't they throwing a ball to Chase Edmonds in the passing game in space, man? I mean, he was getting five, six receptions in a part-time role and having success. He had seven receptions last week. He has three games this year of at least five receptions. And in those games, seven for 87, five for 56, so you know that's a strength of his. You're not having success on the ground. Why aren't you getting the ball to him in space? I don't get it at all. I mean, sometimes it's a simple answer. and Maybe I'm making it too easy, but I just didn't understand it. I'm like, you keep running Edmonds, and he keeps running into a wall. And there were times he was had two defenders on him, and his legs kept charting. That's what I like to watch running backs because um, it was something you know, I saw in high school. Coach always said, just keep moving your legs. Keep moving your legs. And he kept moving his legs, and he was picking up two, three extra yards. Now, it didn't look pretty in the box score, but I was seeing it. But there were no lanes there. And I don't know why they just didn't get him to pull more in a passing game. Three targets? Really? Like, you were giving him five, six, seven behind Drake. And it's not like they were playing from ahead. They were actually – it was back and forth. It was tied. I just didn't understand why they didn't get him the ball in space. So I know everyone's like, oh, Edmonds was disappointing. Uh, he was uh, because he didn't score and he wasn't involved in a passing game, but – you're never going to apologize for someone getting 28 touches. No, no. It was just, again, it was the inside runs just weren't working. And yet they continuously went back to them. Like, complete opposite of what Buffalo and Kansas City did. Not that they were, not, not that Not that those teams were trying and, you know, realized, oh, well, we can't do this. But they just said, you know what? There's the weakness. Let's do it. I mean, 
even the final drive, I don't know if you saw it. Murray throws a big pass to Christian Kirk. Yep. And then they sit there and they run the football and then settle for a field goal on a fourth to one and they're short. Like, what are you doing? Like, you see they're stopping the run. Murray is not being stopped in the passing game or when he runs. And you're going to just keep running it up the gut? Like, they basically handed this game to Miami with their play calling, man. It just made no sense. How does Murray have 26 pass attempts? He had 283 yards passing, three touchdowns, no picks, and was sacked once. And you're not – I just – I don't get it. Sometimes, like, you you sit there and you're like, wait a second, what are these coaches doing? Like, we're seeing it. You know, we're tweeting it out. We're watching it. And I – look, and I want Edmonds to get as many touches as possible as someone who's heavily invested in him in a lot of leagues. But I'm sitting there like, why aren't you getting him the ball in space? And they weren't doing it. Made absolutely no sense to me. I had the uh, the exact same reaction, just staring at the TV, just dumbfounded, dumbfounded um, at the play calling. Listen, I you know again, you know I, I, maybe Kingsbury thinks that he's like the smartest man in the room and he's trying to you know outmaneuver whatever, but it just it did not work uh, at all, at all, not one bit. So. Um, Kirk had himself a good day. He had those two, he had the really long, the, the 56 yard touchdown catch. Um, and then he had that other one, the, that other big deep pass at the end of the game that you were talking about. So 123 yards for him. Uh, Hopkins, dude, what's uh, there's, there's something going on here. I, I, I can't imagine that it was just, I mean, shut down corners. I mean, I get that the Miami pass defense is, uh, is, is stronger than we think, but dude, there's something up between Hopkins and Murray that he's not getting these targets. Um, maybe. I mean, he had 12 targets last week. Um, the game against Dallas, it wasn't very efficient. He had eight, but only two for 73. Uh, I think it was more Miami's coverage and they didn't, you still want more targets. I mean, Hopkins is a guy that you kind of just force feed it to, but yeah, this whole game plan just didn't make sense. Uh, you know, he had 21 completion completions and kind of spread it out. But yeah, you got to get the ball to Hopkins more. I mean, three, three targets for DeAndre Hopkins. Nah, it's tough to, to win that way. This whole game plan was, was crazy. When you look at the, the stats, you're like, I, I'm sitting here wondering, and I know you saw a lot of them. Like, how did, how did Arizona lose this game? Like I, I, they had way more yardage. They couldn't stop Murray. I mean, Murray rushed for over hundred yards. They had 442 yards. Miami had 312. And they only, they only had one turnover. They only lost one fumble. I, I don't. Oh, Miami had. Oh, yeah. Miami had the defensive touchdown where Murray fumbled. Yeah. So that and second week in a row. Right. Miami's defense coming through. But, yeah, I don't understand how they lost this game, man. I really don't. Um, I do. Bad play calling. Definitely. Bad yeah. Well, play yeah, we went over that. I mean, I just. Yeah. I'm just I know. Sitting there like, I know. Why it's, you keep. Why you keep. Whatever. Frustrated and I mean, frustrated the hell out of me. Not only did I not get anything out of DeAndre Hopkins, but. Uh, you know, I was I was hoping to see Chase Edmonds uh, get a couple of passes out in the flat. Right. Isn't that what this friggin air raid offense is supposed to be? Right. Come on. So I, I get it um, on the on the Miami side. I mean, Tua played better and he looks like he will get better at some point. He's, you know, throws are a little low sometimes. Uh, definitely takes uh, takes some hits when he shouldn't. Um I think the fun for me in this well, Preston Williams did leave with that foot injury. Um, I'm sure we're going to get some x-rays or something like that. 
Um, I thought I was going to be smart like a fox, Adam, and go with uh, Salvan Ahmed uh, as the running back because I was like, God, it's Jordan Howard. The dude's been so bad. Patrick Laird just making his way back. Ahmed is, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he was an undrafted rookie out of Washington. I really kind of dove in on him a little bit, and he's very similar uh, to Miles Gaskin. So I was kind of thinking that if Jordan Howard didn't do anything in the beginning of the game, that maybe they would turn to Ahmed a little bit more. They kind of did, but then they stuck with Jordan Howard uh, as the between the tackles guy and Ahmed anytime they wanted to go outside. But uh, yeah, that was, I was a little disappointed. This game hurt me on a number of levels. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to play any Dolphins running back. I mean, we all knew Jordan Howard's depending on a touchdown. He scored, but 19 rushing yards. You knew if they fell behind, he'd be taken out of the game. So I just didn't really want any of the Dolphins back. I mean, I didn't really love anyone on Miami fantasy wise this week. It was really only Devontae Parker. I mean, William. It, it, it was a good sign that if you had Preston Williams, looked like Tua was going to him, but like you said, he got hurt. Uh, I think that was late in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that was somewhat of a good sign, but yeah, it's not much here for Miami at all uh, on the offensive side, and we'll see if Matt Breida can make it back next week. Um, yeah, well, I won't even invest in Matt Breida either. Not at all. Moving right along, Vegas Chargers. Here we go. This was the uh, this was the heartbreaker. Two weeks in a row. Uh, the, well, last week the Chargers sat there and watched. How about like fifteen years in a row, <laughs> dude. They, I, I I really feel bad for Chargers fans, man. I just how do you deal with this shit every week, bro? Dude, you're you're asking a Jet fan this. Come on, we. Yeah, but see, it's it's different. You don't have many leads. You just you know you're just kind of like a doormat, so you kind of get used to it. But the Chargers <laughs> tease, man. It's te- it's like it's like you got a girl coming over. You're like, all right, I'm definitely gonna get some tonight, and then you she leaves, and you get nothing, and you're like, wait, what? It was all set up. It was working. Her clothes were off, and I still didn't get anything. <laughs> that's what that's what it's like with the Chargers, man. Oh, it's brutal, man. Just I'm brutal. I'm willing to bet that this game would have gone differently had Justin Jackson not gotten hurt on the first play of the oh, game. Oh, dude, that that was like because I I like Jackson a lot this week. Me I had too. him in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, so I have a league where just kind of everything that has gone wrong this year could and. Uh, I, I share it with a friend and I just texted him. I'm like, uh, Jackson got hurt uh, early in this game. And I said, that kind of sums up our year in this league. Like every week we have a player going down under performers and we won the league last year. So I guess it kind of offsets. It's like, all right, well, I guess this is a done year. But yeah, that was just brutal. I mean, he was cheap in DFS. It was a great matchup. He's been getting the bulk of the touches. And then Kalen Balash, like really? Horrible. Horrible. I almost threw up when Kalen Balazs scored a touchdown. I Dude. I almost threw it up. Was, it was a play where he was trying to catch a pass, and I'm like, oh, this is painful to watch. Like, he just looked all discombobulated, didn't know what to do. Remember the play last year where he ducked when a ball was thrown his way? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, it really, that threw a, a, a monkey wrench into my plans. I had a, I had a DraftKings lineup that was almost 180 points. Uh, and With Justin Jackson in it, and I had Justin Jackson. Oh, in it. That's the worst, right? That's the worst. Yeah, it was so bad. It was so bad. I was devastated. Ah, oh, what could have been? 
what could have been. I'll tell you what, Keenan Allen gave us a little scare pregame, uh, but he was uh, tested negative for COVID. He comes through with a nine grabs for 103 yards. We love him. Uh, Mike Williams should have had a touchdown. Couldn't hold on to it in the end zone. Still, he just looks so good when he's out there. Um, overall, I mean, listen, Justin Herbert's great. The weapons, they're getting the work here. What can, can we uh, can, can we talk about the fact that Hunter Henry uh, just is like apparently they don't agree with sending Hunter Henry red zone targets now? Or if they do yeah. send him a red zone target, that it's like 50 feet over his head. Yeah, it's pretty bad at this point, man. Uh, <laughs> just week after week, it's the same story. He had the exact line as last week, four for 33. And then the week before that, three for 23. The week before that, four for 23. I think you get the pattern here. It's really gross. Yeah. It's really gross. So next week, when his price is down even more, uh, he'll score two touchdowns. Yeah. When no one plays him. No, no, no. Because we're all going to throw our fab onto Gabe Neighbors. Well, we're not going to go that far. But yeah, <laughs> second week in a row for Gabe Neighbors. A four-yard touchdown reception. <laughs> Oh my God! Reminds me of a very funny story. You know when you when you when you're when you're connected to SiriusXM. See, people out there don't realize this. We connect for our SiriusXM shows about a half hour before we're on. If you're you know if you don't have anything else to do, you could sit and just listen to the show before you. So I get a half hour, Adam, of the back channel of uh, of Jeff Mans. <laughs> I got to tell you. It is, uh, it is some funny, funny stuff. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole conversation about Gabe Neighbors uh, the other day. <laughs> that just oh kills me. Um, anyway, on the Raiders side here, that stack, I got to tell you, man, it. I, I, I mentioned it in the example lineups article for, uh, for Fantasy Alarm. Derek Carr. Nelson Aguilar, Darren Waller. Like, it wasn't, you know, he only got two catches for 55 yards out of Aguilar, but he got into the end zone. He had five catches for only 22 yards for Waller, but he got into the end zone. Derek Carr uh, only threw for 165 yards, but it was two touchdowns, no turnovers. Uh, and it was just, you know, because of the way that stack was priced, um, really enabled you to like you could put Dalvin Cook into that lineup uh, if you squeezed in Justin Jackson or DJ Dallas. Yeah, the reason why it didn't explode is the Chargers ran 75 plays. The yeah. Raiders ran 50. So that's a problem. And that's uh, that's all you need to know. So, yeah, it was a good matchup. I love the over in this game. Uh, so I thought there would be points. I mentioned it, I think. I think I mentioned it Friday in our live stream that the last four Chargers games have been at least 57 points and uh, they get five straight. I love it. Next week they take on the Dolphins in Miami. Mm. <laughs> Chargers, what do, you, what do you think the line is? You think it would be like... Uh, oh, Dolphins, Dolphins would be favored by four or five. Really? You think that about four or five, not just three? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it'll be four or five. Let me see if I can find an early line uh, on that. I'm, take, I'm taking the Chargers. Are you really? I'm taking the Chargers. Chargers, 
Chargers are absolute garbage when they're a favorite and when they're at home. But you put them, you put them as a road dog, they always cover. Crazy. Yeah, I cover. guess it, I guess at some point though. Oh, uh, oh wow. Okay, uh, I was wrong. Two and a half on FanDuel Sportsbook. Ah, okay. And the over under is forty nine and a half. The over under is 49 and a half. See, I would again see that's that's the Miami pass defense like that right there is that's the reaction to the Miami pass defense. Wow. Seattle's a dog to open against the Rams. One and a half dogs. Really? Yeah, I love the Seahawks there. Bounce back spot. I'm not oh buying God, the Rams. Yeah, against the Rams. Yeah, Rams are not that good, bro. Camouflage that. They, I told you, four team, four wins against the NFC East and the other one against the Bears. They're not that good. No, definitely not. Definitely not. So, um, all right. One more game to just kind of zip through here because I know you don't want to linger on it too much. But uh, your Cowboys almost bested the uh, the Steelers today. They lose 24 to 19. Um, Steelers did not look good, dude. They did they, not I- look good. They do this every year, and I, I, I'm i pretty sure I said it on the live stream, too, and I know I said it on Alarm After Hours. So the Steelers are probably going to come out sloppy, slow, and it's going to be competitive for a half. I didn't think it was going to be like this. I mean, the Cowboys were in this game until the end. The Steelers do this every year. They play down the level of competition. I also said, looking at their next three, four games, they're absolutely going to lose one. It's probably going to be against Cincinnati, is my guess. I think they play Cincinnati next week. So I think Cincinnati could win that game coming off the bye. Yeah, this this see, and this is where you get into trouble predicting game script, right? Because if we went over this game beforehand, you would have said, "Oh yeah, James Conner is going to get like twenty carries. Yeah. Ben's not going to throw that much." That's where you get into trouble. And there were probably people who maybe sat some Steelers receivers, completely opposite of what we all predicted, and we both said it. Don't pay up for the Steelers defense in DFS this week. That is true. We did say that. I, You know what? I sent uh, Impemba a text earlier in the day. Uh, he said something. He was like, imagine if this or this or this happened. I said, uh, oh, imagine paying up for the steel, paying 4900 for the Steelers defense and watching what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, you can't look. You can't do it, man. Defenses are so fluky. You could tell me, oh, boy, look, the cow- it doesn't matter, man. You need so many things to break your way. And it's just not worth it. Because you're dependent on touchdowns for the most part. If they're going to come through, right? If you you want a defense to score at least a touchdown, special teams touchdown, and they only got two sacks. They only got two sacks. Steelers D on the road is not good. We, I, it's it's this is something that that Impemba and I have tracked. If you look at the splits, the home road splits, the Steelers D uh, at home, that's money in the bank. The Steelers D on the road, you want to pass on it. You do. Yeah. And they and Ben too. We've seen it. Now Ben came through with a big game. If you use him in fantasy, it looked bad early on. 306, three touchdowns. But uh yeah, I mean, this is it's kind of inexcusable. I mean, look, they're eight no in the end, and they won, and they came in with seven wins. Uh, and people who used him in Survivor, you know, you got fortunate they came through with the win. I mean, I, I knew they were gonna win the Steelers, even through three quarters, I'm like, they're gonna find a way to come back. I mean, Dallas should have won this game, but they're poorly coached and um, better off losing anyway, I think, because I just don't see them going anywhere. 
Um, I definitely don't see them going anywhere either. So that makes uh, that makes two of us, and that's uh, just get the better draft pick at this point. Like we, we talked about it, it's just like what you you want to win this division against smoked in the first round. It's just it, it makes no sense. No, it's it, yeah. We we've talked about this. I, I think we've probably said this every almost every single show. Uh, we start talking about. The NFC East. We're like, why do you want to host a playoff game at home so that you can lose and you look like a bunch of idiots? I'm like, okay, fine. It's 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 garbage. It's useless. Yeah, look, you got to be realistic. It's a lost year. Dak Prescott's out. Even if Andy Dalton comes back after the bye, they'll be a little bit better. It all depends on the offensive line. But it's not a good enough team. So the defense played well, gave a good effort uh, for the first three quarters. But... You know, at least, I mean, I bet CeeDee Lamb everywhere. He scored a touchdown. Um, so at least you saw that. Maybe there's some hope for him when, if Dalton does come back, I know they have a decent schedule. Uh, Zeke played, even though they said, you know, he could be limited. Pollard has looked better than him all year. Pollard just looks like he's more more explosive. He's quicker. So I had to make a decision today in three leagues. No, two leagues. I had Zeke and Pollard. And I kept going back and forth. I stuck with Zeke. Uh, it kind of made no difference in the end. I think Zeke barely outscored him. Yeah, not by much. Yeah, not so by much. Well, all right. Well, any uh, any any hot takes, takeaways, anything that you know particularly caught your eye that uh, that you think fantasy players uh, need to pay attention to? Um, not just remember that crazy things happen week to week and you know especially tampa bay everyone's going to crush them be like oh this is embarrassing it's one game you gotta gotta forget about it we've seen every team this year have a bad game i mean seattle put up points but they played terrible today i mean it's gonna happen so you know don't let that affect the way you look at things going forward so every team is going to have a game or two where they kind of just look terrible don't show up and uh, we saw it today from uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, they're better than this. Yeah, they are. But I'm sure glad that they didn't show that. <laughs> that made me smile. And the Sa- I'd say the, the Saints were are probably the biggest winner this week. I mean, they come out now. They're in good shape. They're in first place. Um, they saw Seattle get their second loss. So they're right up there with Green Bay and Seattle at 6-2. and two, And I don't think the States have played uh, their best football at all yet. So I, I think I think we both agreed going into the year. Didn't you like the, I like the Saints in the NFC going into the year. I like Did you? The, I like the Saints yeah. going towards the uh, the NFC championship. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, they get Michael Thomas back. Uh, so the key is, you know, their defense not going to play like this. Obviously, it is one of those nights where everything clicked. But, you know, can they be respectable? Because uh, I felt this really there's no defense in the NFL that scares me right now. Just none. I'm not afraid to face any defense right now for fantasy. None. Not even Pittsburgh. No, me neither. Me neither. Uh, it's definitely looking like the offense has the, uh, you know, the edge uh, over defense. I mean, that's just the way it's looking right now. So, interesting. All right. Well, good stuff as always. Uh, Adam and I are going to uh, – we'll be back uh, to – on Tuesday to talk about uh, how everything went for Monday night football, closing out the week, start taking a look at uh, waivers and all the fun stuff uh, that we've got in there. And uh, maybe we'll take an early look at some of the lines that we're seeing uh, right now. See if there's something makes sense to bet something early 
and get some value on it. Um, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in. Happy week uh, week nine here in the fantasy football season. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up. We'll catch you next time.